Hi everyone and welcome to the Private Practice with Soul podcast. This is the first podcast for counsellors that just don't align with the traditional approaches to business and that want to use their spiritual gifts, talents and interests to create, you guessed it, a private practice with soul. So look, leave it to me to provide you with everything you need, including strategies that you can use to increase your income, reduce your workload and of course increase inquiries and referrals to your beautiful soul-led private practice. I love it so much. If you haven't done it already, grab your journal, grab your pen and let's begin. Good morning everybody and welcome to another episode of the Private Practice with Soul podcast. I'm so pleased that you're here. Today we're going to do a little bit of a reflection about the year that was because we are now officially in the next financial year. I know it's so exciting isn't it? Uh, So I thought to set you up for a successful, prosperous and abundant 2023-24 financial year it would be super helpful to be able to reflect back on what worked and what the learning opportunities were in the year that just passed okay so we're going to do this together through the idea of the seasons and it's my intention that you go away with a deeper understanding of your business And with an idea of a plan moving forward on things that you'd really like to focus on that really align with your intention. Okay, so there's so much power in reflection. I think we all already, you know, we all understand that already. I probably don't need to tell you about the power of reflection, but it's really important to do it for your business. And it was something that when I was a solo practitioner, before I had my own business coach and mentor, I just never did. I thought it was something other people did, or I never had time for it, or I never took it seriously. But since having my own business coach and business mentors, of course, now it's part of my annual practice to look back at what's worked and what didn't, to identify the learning opportunities to look at what I was willing to let go of, to look at what needed to be introduced, all those kinds of things. And it's this reflection or a practice of reflection that's so powerful, it can really pivot and redirect the business. And the business is your vehicle for your values. It's for having the things that you want, your bright, shiny values and your shadow values, right? So if you want more of the values, if you want to experience more of those, then of course we need to update how we're operating in our business, how we're showing up, what we're doing, who we're being, how we're feeling, all those kinds of things. So now is a really, really great time for you to be able to do that. And also it's the weekend. So yeah, go and grab a cup of tea, grab your journal. You might want to make some notes. Okay. The other thing that I want to say just before we get started is, you know, Past experiences can really help you not only as a therapist, but as a private practice owner, or even if you're not a private practice owner yet, you're a student, even thinking about your studies, um, you know, you can find valuable lessons there and insights that you'll then be able to learn from and bring into the business when you do choose to start it. Okay. The second thing that I just want to emphasize is that, you know, we might feel like we didn't achieve a goal or we didn't hit the mark and and things like that. And I want you to know that that doesn't mean that you failed. It's an opportunity to get curious and look at why, what happened um, and to learn from that. 
And with that learning, of course, comes expansion and growth. And that's what we're all about. That's what successful private practice is all about. You're not going to be successful in private practice if you keep doing the same things, right? Something needs to change. So um, I wanted to look at this today with you in the context of the seasons. And of course, we've got spring, summer, autumn and winter. So I'm going to give you a prompt for each season and you can write it down as we go along. And it's something that I want you to think about over the weekend and, you know, see what resonates with you, what lands for you. Um, But the first one is spring and spring is a season of renewal. Now, the prompt that I have for you is to look at what new ideas or approaches did you explore in your practice this past financial year? Okay, what new ideas or approaches did you explore in your private practice this last financial year? And why is this important to look at? Well, it's important because we want to see whether it was effective, was it aligned with your values? Um, What changes did it bring this new approach uh, to the business? Did it end up getting you new clients? Did you have a pivot in your business? Did you feel more aligned in your business? Did you increase your income as a result of being able to offer this new approach or new service or um, therapeutic modality? So I want you to have a little bit of a think about that. And of course, the flip side, you know, were there any missed opportunities for you to do things that maybe there's some regret around? And this is important because we can then use this as the learning. Okay. So I know for myself in the past, there was um, a program that I wanted to do and it only opens, you know, twice a year. And of course, when it was, I was on the waiting list and then it, it, you know, became open and I got the emails and I saw all the social posts about, you know, the doors are now open and I ummed and ahed about it and I didn't do it, right? I was telling myself, oh, I can't afford it and all the money and oh, I'll do it next time and everything. And then what happened was the lady said, actually, I'm not going to offer it again this year, but um, I will offer it next year. And then FOMO set in and I was kicking myself because I thought, why didn't you do that? So not about looking at regret and saying, oh, this is really horrible and da, 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 but looking at what we do differently and also looking at, you know, what would I say to myself next time I'm in, the, I'm in that position of being presented with an opportunity for further education or coaching or mentoring or study or whatever it is, being in that headspace of I can't afford it and then, you know, only to regret it later on, what would I say to my future self when she finds herself in this position based on the learning and the growth and the knowledge I'm now receiving, okay? So I'd probably say to my future self or my future self would probably say rather, um, you know, if I'm feeling called to this, there's a reason for that and I need to trust that. And so, yeah, I'm just going to go all in and I'm going to do that course or I'm going to do that education or I'm going to do that mentoring or supervision or whatever it is I'm just going to do it so for me it would be about backing myself it would be about trusting myself it would be about trusting in my faith that you know the universe serves me things that I've already said I wanted so at some point I said geez I really wish there was a course on money mindset Okay, so thinking about that from both sides. So what did you do that worked and what were the missed opportunities and how would future you handle missed opportunities in the future? 
The next one is about uh, summer. So summer is associated with growth, right? So I want you to think about what successes and accomplishments did you achieve and how did they contribute to your growth? I'll repeat that. What successes and accomplishments did you achieve and how did they contribute to your growth in private practice? Okay, so let's imagine you won a business award. Very exciting thing to do. Let's imagine you won a business award. How did that contribute to growth in your practice? Did it give you um, a greater perceived credibility, greater perceived authority? Did it um, generate more inquiries for you um, through greater awareness or raised awareness? You know, things like that with your audience. The other thing too is to look at the flip side of that, which is, you know, what didn't you achieve? What did you set out to achieve, but you didn't? And how did that impact your growth? Okay. And from there, of course, we want to transmute that energy from being something that's a bit yucky and unwanted to something that's more expansive. So we want to say, what are the lessons I can take away from this? And how can I incorporate these lessons into the coming year? Okay, what lessons can I take away from this and how can I incorporate them into the coming financial year? Really important stuff there. The next season is autumn and autumn is all about the harvest, isn't it? It's all about uh, reaping the benefits of everything. So what valuable lessons did you learn from the challenges or the setbacks that you faced? What did you need to let go of? What did you need to stop doing? Maybe there was a person you needed to let go of in your you know, personal life. Maybe it was an employee or a contractor. Maybe it was a funding model. Maybe you just got rid of NDIS this year. Maybe you got rid of Medicare this year. What, what did you also get rid of this year? Okay. What did you need to let go? And how did that impact your business in a positive way? And think about what didn't you let go of and how's that affecting the business? What didn't you let go of and how's that affecting the business? And think about how can you support yourself to let go of it moving forward into the next financial year and what would be the benefits of that? Okay, how can you support yourself to let go of it in the coming financial year and what would be the benefits of that? The last one, of course, is winter and winter is about hibernation and rest. We're in winter in Australia at the moment. It is super cold. I'm not out and about anywhere near as much as I have been. (laughs) I'm totally hibernating. If I'm not in my study or I'm not eating or something like that, I'm having long soaks in the bath, reading books, (laughs) catching up on a lot of downtime and resting and rejuvenating and all those kinds of things. So I want you to, you know, really look at how did you prioritize your self-care over the last financial year and how did you avoid burnout? How did you prioritize self-care over the last financial year and avoid burnout? I think this is a really important one because there's something else that comes through for me with this. I think there's, you know, so much focus on self-care, but I also think that 
sometimes that can be really hard for some people, especially if you don't prioritize yourself yet and you're still in that state of the wounded feminine and you're doing everything for everyone and you've just got people shouting at you about self-care, self-care, self-care. I think sometimes there's space also for um, community care. So being part of a community, you know, like the old red tent, but being women's circles, being part of a, a community and getting care and nurturing that way is also going to be really helpful for people who aren't yet at a stage where they can engage in looking after themselves and, and doing that self-care stuff. But have a think, like, did you prioritize self-care last financial year or not? And what what does it actually mean to you? To me, self-care, it's not about, you know, walking and, and bubble baths and things like that, though those things feel nice sometimes. But for me, self-care is making sure my diary aligns with my energy and I did that this financial year I changed all my hours I now only work from 9 till 12 if I'm up before then and I'm in the mood to work of course I'm going to if I'm in flow but I'm not going to be available for work really outside of the hours of 9 to 12 so I did that I also took Fridays off because I wanted more time for myself and then I had to set the business up to be able to support me financially to just work a 12-hour week. I think it's 15 hours at the most um, because sometimes I have international clients and they can't be seen between 9 and 12. So I do need to see them in the afternoon or the evening and on weekends and things like that. But on the whole, it's 12 to 15 hours a week that I work. And I made my uh, availability in the morning because that's when I'm most alert. It's when I'm most filled up. It's when I've got the most to give. I know as the day goes on, my energy starts to drop and that doesn't align with me. I don't want to see clients um, where my energy is not there. So for me, self-care was aligning my diary, for example, with my energy. And since I've done that, everything's really helped. Something else I did for my self-care was I started focusing on selling digital products. And the reason that I did that was because I didn't want to be constantly capped trading time for money. You know, there's only so many hours a week that you can work, which means there's only so much money you can make. And while it's not about the money, it kind of is, isn't it? Like we all need to support ourselves and things like that. I know nobody wants to talk about it and it's not a cool thing to discuss, but I'm just going to say it. We all need to make money. We all need to survive and pay the bills and keep roofs on and, you know, all the stuff, right? But when you're stuck in, you're trapped in that one-to-one -one model, like, you know, it's you and a client for an hour, you and a client for an hour, you and a client for an hour. There's only so many of those that you can do in a week. I wanted to increase my capacity to earn an income and support myself and my family. I'm the primary caregiver for my family. Primary caregiver? No, primary breadwinner <laughs> for my family so it's all on me so I needed to um, for my own self-care instead of putting myself in a position of burnout seeing 15 clients a week what I did was I said how else could I make this money without burning myself out and seeing all these clients and so now what I do is I have some memberships 
they provide me with recurring income and I have digital products. So I sell on Etsy plus I have a bookshop that just opened yesterday. You should definitely go and check it out. It's on my website brooklynstorm.com. Storm has an E on the end by the way. Yeah so now I sell things online as well and I make money that way. The other thing that I did to, you know, as an act of self-care was I started running Facebook ads this year, but started to try and run them like seriously and with a business mindset. And I'm still working on that. But these are some of the steps that I took for my self-care. So when I say it's not always about a bubble bath and a massage, um, they it can be those things. Of course, it can be if that's what self-care looks like to you. But to me, from a private practice perspective, Self-care looked like how can I keep my energy at a level where I'm comfortable, where I want it, where I'm not feeling drained, where I'm not resisting showing up in my business, where I'm not feeling overwhelmed. How can I pivot? What do I need to realign? How do I need to change? And so these are some of the things that I've done. Okay. The other things that I've done as acts of self-care is like pre-plan, like in, in most of my groups, not all of them, but in most of my groups now, I have scheduled posts going out. So that just takes pressure off me because before I was just showing up in the morning going, oh my gosh, I've got to put something in the group. What am I going to post? And trying to connect with my higher self and get that information or try and connect with my soul blueprint, get that information. And But I was putting pressure on myself to do it. And I don't want to be posting from a place of being under pressure. So what I do now is I wait until I'm in flow and then I choose a group and maybe it's going to be private practice 101 start a private practice and I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to ask myself what do I want to post this month you know and they're going to be weekly posts that are the same every week but there are also going to be other things that I want to post as well so planning pre-planning some things was also an act of self-care for me and the other thing that I did that was an act of self-care was, you know, I've got trauma from um, my email from years ago. It's really bad and the anxiety is horrible and I don't use email in my business now as a result of it. Um, but one of the things I did as an act of self-care was hire a VA to do any odd emails that come through because as much as I say I don't use emails, I still use Flowdesk for my email marketing like when I want to send a broadcast email, like I did this morning, um, I use Flowdesk for that. But I don't use email on day to day, you know, with clients at night. I don't do that. But as much as I say I don't, and as much as I let people know, please don't email me because I won't see it, people still do. So I need to have somebody there to capture those few people. Uh, and so I've got Selena doing that, right? So I allowed myself to be supported. I found the money to get a VA. I got a VA. She handles all of that for me. It's an act of self-care because it means I never have to look at my emails ever again. And that builds me up. That fills my cup. That makes me feel safe. It, it de-escalates me. It makes me feel whole and grounded and good and all of those kinds of things. So that was just another example of self-care. What else did I do for self-care? One of the other things that I did for self-care, as you know, I've always got coaches. How is that self-care? It's self-care because if I don't have a direction and if I don't have a plan and if I don't have somebody there to be accountable to or to bounce ideas off or, um, you know, things like that, then 
I'd I don't know what I'd be doing in my business. It would be like I don't know. I I would just be fluffing around. I'd probably be really busy, but I probably wouldn't be getting results. And results to me are um, you know, levels of client happiness, um, levels of alignment for me in my business, um, levels of how how am I meeting my values at the moment? Um, is the business giving me back more time? Is the business supporting my family and I? Things like that, they're the measures of success for me. So yeah, of course, an, an act of self-care for me is going to be allowing myself to be supported by someone. Um, I also, well, continued with my supervisor. So I've had her for two years now. I think it might be a little bit over two years. And I continue to see her fortnightly because it feels good to be able to have that space where I can debrief, even if there's been nothing, you know, really not going wrong. But you know what I mean? Like I use those sessions to debrief, to plan, to get ideas, to, you know, share what's on my mind because I'm always in, well, I work very well with tuning into flow. So I've always got lots of things I'm working on and I find it very valuable to be able to sit with my amazing supervisor. She's the best supervisor in the whole entire world. Um, I really value her her so much and I just get so much out of our, our sessions because of the way she interacts with me and engages with me and the way she asks me important questions and things like that. So that's an act of self-care. If I didn't have this amazing supervisor, if I just had bland, vanilla, regular supervision and I was just doing it to tick a box, um, that would not be an act of self-care. But this is because it nourishes me, it fills my cup, it gets me inspired and when I come out of those sessions, I'm pumped and I want to go straight away. I don't go and have lunch. I normally see her in the mornings and after I finish with her, um, I don't go and have lunch. I just click out of the Zoom and I click boom straight into a Word document and off I go and I'm just downloading everything everything that we've discussed and that that's coming through and so for me having great supervision is also an act of self-care as opposed to a supervisor that just ticks boxes so little things like that can be acts of self-care so I want you to really take this question seriously because I know when people hear the the phrase self-care they tune out but I want you to really think how did you prioritize your own self-care in terms of your business over the last financial year okay and I want you to think about those examples I gave you think about what you can relate to and I want you to open your mind allow yourself to expand your conscious awareness around what self-care could look like for you from a private practice perspective and I want you to think about okay what are the opportunities what could I do for my self-care do I need to change supervisor do I need to um I don't know change your diary do you need to work with a different client the other thing I did as an act of self-care was I raised my fees now how's that an act of self-care well I'll tell you when I was working with my previous fees it was feeling hard because I was thinking to myself you know I'm really giving a lot here and I I want to be able to feel 
not that money makes you feel good, but I wanted to feel appreciated. I wanted to feel worthy. It was all those kinds of things. I wanted um, to work less. Um, and one of the ways that I did that was raising my fees. So I did that with my counseling fee and it's worked. I do see less counseling clients now. Like I think at the moment I've got six Um but by raising that session fee, I was able to reclaim my time. And that was what was really important to me. I got a different demographic of client. So this demographic this demographic of client that I work with now doesn't really care about, um, you know, a cancellation fee or anything like that. They agree to things. They don't fight me on it. Um, they don't question my fee, nothing like that. They just, they, it's not even a thing to them. They just want my time and they just want to roll up their sleeves and do the work. So raising my fee was a way that I took care of my energy and I took care of myself and it was a way of getting back my time and it was a way of me being able to support my family which the private practice is a vehicle for. So, you know, it can even be things like that. So have a think about what are the opportunities for your self-care through the lens of private practice for the year ahead? This is a really important question. And I want you to know that if you can align your self-care practices with your bright, shiny values, as well as your shadow values, you will set yourself up for a very successful next year, okay? Whether that's you're like me and you want more time or whether you want more freedom or control or maybe you want more choices or maybe you want more authority or maybe you want more credibility or whatever those shadow values are, really connecting with them, okay? The next one is embracing now I'm just going to say a car is driving up my driveway at the moment and it's a delivery guy courier so Gabe is probably going to start barking if that happens I will hit pause but you could hear that and also somebody's just decided to start up their lawnmower because it's Saturday morning <laughs> um yeah so they're the four seasons so I guess you know for me Apart from looking at the last year through the lens of the seasons, I also want to take um, a moment to look at, did I really lean into my spirituality? Did I really lean into my faith uh, to the fullest over this past year? Where were the times I did and where were the times I didn't? And what would I do differently next year? So I know there were times in my in my business um, over the last financial year that I didn't trust and I didn't surrender and I tried to micromanage everything that was happening and when I did that I had egg on my face and things didn't work out but more recently like even thinking about Dales for Delight even thinking about that when I did align with my faith and my spirituality and I allowed myself to decide and to trust and surrender and to receive and to allow and all those things that we spoke about um, a couple of episodes ago everything happened for me I sold out that retreat in a week I've oversold it now I've got an extra person in it now which is amazing um, I got the location that I wanted everything like it all just worked out and it continues to work out you know the the more I lean into my faith the more things work out for me 
So what I want to do differently moving forward next year in this financial year is I want to get better at handling myself in the times where my faith wavers. So I'm going to spend some time thinking about ways that I could do that, ways that I could support myself when I feel my faith wavering and fear creeping in because I want to set myself up for success. So I want to write myself a little plan or an affirmation or a note or something like that that I can go to. And I want to write that today while I'm in a good mindset, while I'm in a good frame of mind, while I'm in a place of of abundance and prosperity. I don't want to try and do this when I'm in the throes of fear and I can't see beyond that. I hope that makes sense. So creating a vision for the future is going to be based on the results that came through for you with those four journal prompts there. That's going to become your action plan. So you're going to have an action plan for the next 12 months from the 1st of July today to the 30th of June next year around the the four pillars of renewal, growth, harvest and rest or spring, summer, autumn and winter. They're going to be your four pillars. okay? and I want you to use those pillars over the 12 months. okay? you don't have to do spring when it's spring and autumn when it's autumn. You can have a focus for each quarter, if you like, on renewal, on growth, on harvest and on rest. And then you can review it at the end of that quarter and then plan it out for the next quarter. Okay, but by using the answers that came through from those four journal prompts, you will know what to put in your action plan, what to focus on. You've already done it. You've got it there. The other thing that I would suggest is for those of you who like to have accountability and support, if you're in Private Practice 101, we can absolutely set up an accountability and support thread there for you um, to help you stay on track with the four pillars for your success this financial year. More than happy to do that. Um, You've got that there. If you're in the Diploma Society for Counselors, we can do it there as well. Okay. So for anyone who's listening, I know that there are issues at the moment around, you know, qualifications and counsellors and all this sort of jazz. I want you to know that if you have a diploma and you're feeling a bit, you know, uh, ostracised or bullied or like you don't belong or you're not fitting in and things like that, I have created a space for you. If you would like information on it, just let me know. Um, So, yeah, just to recap. You've got the four seasons there that are going to make the four pillars based on the answers that came through from your journal prompts. And that's going to be your action plan for the next financial year. And how beautiful is that? It's nothing about numbers and KPIs and metrics and everything. It's really about the feeling and taking aligned action. And I really want you to embark on your journey with this with a sense of purpose and openness to guidance from source or the universe your higher self your soul your inner self and please if you do do this activity I'd love to invite you to share your experiences and insights okay and you could do that with me by connecting with me on Instagram at the private practice coach or on Facebook also at the private practice coach So I hope this was a helpful episode. I can't wait to hear what came through for you and to see your plans for the upcoming year. Have a beautiful Saturday, everybody, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye for now. 
I hope that you loved this episode as much as I loved putting it together for you. To get more resources to help you in your private practice, head over to Instagram. My handle is at the private practice coach. And also, if you want more inquiries and referrals for your business, let me know. I have a program called Clients on Demand that opens every quarter, and I can absolutely get you some information for that as well. You are doing an amazing job. Thank you for sharing your gifts with the world. Bye.